Hi, welcome to the Work Smarter, Not Harder podcast series. This series is intended for those who are engaged in determining the success of their initiatives. The purpose of this podcast series is to help staff meet their goals. This is episode four of a series of podcasts. I am Colleen Papalo with Data Research and Accountability, and I'm joined today by my colleague and co-host, Dina Mogokov-Cook. Dina, can you say hello to our audience? Thank you, Colleen. I'm glad to be here. Hello. Today, we're going to be also joined by our guest, Dr. Maria Rosa Rangel from the Office of Equity Affairs. Maria Rosa has been successfully using data in her work to support diverse families that reflect the demographics of our schools. Today, we'd like to talk to Maria Rosa about her experience collecting and summarizing data to measure the progress and attainment of program goals. So Maria Rosa, will you say hello to our listeners and tell us what you do within the Office of Equity Affairs? Yes. First of all, I want to say thank you very much for allowing me to be here today and just tell you my data story. I've been in the Office of, of Equity Affairs for the past six years, and I am the, uh, the Director of Family and Community Engagement for the district. And basically what I do is that I coach schools with strategies to better engage diverse families with an equity lens. I also provide them with a service, which is uh, the Family Academies, which are pairing workshops. And we offer them in different languages, again, to mirror the demographics of the school as well as the district. I also coach, uh, again, like I said, I coach the schools, but we provide them with this, the workshops, and we have a series of different topics to support students from pre-K all the way to 12th grade. And basically what we do is equip parents with the academic tools so that their students will be academically successful. Um, maybe you could tell us a little about the types of data you use to give you an indication of how your program is functioning. How do you use this data? And maybe think about Parent Academy and the logic model that you created for the program. Yes. So basically, we use a different sources of data, which allows the program to set short, intermediate, and long goals for, for, for the performance of the program, but also to evaluate areas of improvement and certainly to celebrate the successes when they are achieved. Within the Family Academy program, we have drafted a logic model thanks to the Data Research and Accountability Department and, and you, Dina, for supporting us with that initiative. And basically, the, the logic model helped us to think about what is what are the goals, what are the, um, the strategic goals that we have for three years. And this logic model helps us, it's a visual for us to kind of look and see, okay, what are the short terms for this school year? And then as we move towards those short goals, what will be the intermediate goals? And then again, what will be the long-term goals? The, uh, the logic model helps us to kind of ground our work on the type of data that we need to be able to reach the long-term goals. So we actually have a source of data points and, and different data sources that we collect. So for example, we collect attendance. We really want to know how many parents are attending the workshops that we offer 
at the different grade levels and, and at the different uh, schools. So for example, we also collect who is requesting the parent workshops, which school grade levels. So for example, is it elementary, middle, and high schools? We also collect the topics that they're requesting and the language. And then what we do is we desegregate the data. It helps us to see which are the topics most requested and then the language, because that's going to help us later on as we plan the school year, the following school year, it's going to help us to know, do we need to hire more parent trainers that are fully bilingual and bicultural that speak the language? And then two, if middle schools and high schools are not requesting them, what do we need to do? So again, it kind of helps us to put in perspective what are the, uh, the, again, what are the intermediate goals and then ultimately what are the loan terms that we want to achieve? And also, you know, we, we look at whether the schools are Title I or not, because one of the things that the family academies do is really to support Title I schools, as well as all the other schools. But we are also helping them with their, with their goals. And again, we also collect similar data from the community. We engage with and partner with certain organizations within the community so that we could provide them with the pairing workshops. So we collect similar data, such as languages, topics, and also we look at the time that they're requesting the workshops. And again, this is going to help us as we plan our future presentations. And then two, what other data points do we need to add? So for example, we added parent feedback, a parent feedback survey so that we could understand the needs of the parents. And also we want to know is the program meeting their academic needs. And one of the things that we learned by again, uh, reaching out to the data research and accountability is that for next school year, we need to add a post survey. And then also add the pre, the, so we're going to add the pre service and then the post survey so that we could then get more solid data to really focus on are we really making an impact in supporting the parents with the academic tools that they need to be able to support the achievement of their student or their children at home. We also collect data from Facebook. COVID-19 forced us to think outside the box and think about how can we bring the parent workshops to the families when we were home because of COVID-19. And one of the things that we did, we revived the family Facebook, the Family Academy Facebook page. And thanks to that, we were able to support the parents by providing them with the workshops. So we are collecting data such as viewings, how many uh, people viewed the presentation at the time that it was given. And we are also looking at the data afterwards, how many people came back and visit that particular workshop and view it. So that's data that we also collect. Because truly, when you think about engaging families, it's about engaging them at the school level, engaging them through Facebook Live sessions, and also through the community. Because when you think about supporting a family, it truly takes a whole village. Is the concept of family and community engagement. So we are trying to access, again, the school, the community, and the parents, and everybody coming together to support the families.
because I'm somewhat familiar with the data that you collect, I was impressed that you actually managed to increase parent attendance this past year, even though some of us had problems connecting with stakeholders, your parent attendance at the workshops has increased. And I'm also impressed by how well you disaggregate your data, not only collect it, but disaggregate and analyze it. I wanted to ask you, how do you use the data that you collect? How do I use the data that we collect? As I mentioned, and first of all, thank you. Yes, COVID-19 has really forced us to think outside the box and just look at different ways to be able to reach families. And I think that virtually has been a, a, a very essential tool moving forward. So we will continue to offer virtual parent workshops and hybrid and face-to-face. -face. So we want to make sure that we reach parents whichever way they want. In fact, one of the, um, the questions in the survey uh, was, how would you like to attend family academies? Face-to-face, uh, -face, virtually, hybrid, and interesting, a high percentage of parents, English and Spanish-speaking parents, because that's who we survey, they both agreed and said that they would like to attend virtually, and then after that, it was face-to-face, -face, but they really won the, the visual family academies. The data that, that we collect really help us to think about our plan, a three-year plan by looking at the logic model, but also to reflect to reflect on the short goals and then intermediate and long-term goals. And also, it helps us to make adjustments adjustments in those goals and to think from a strategic perspective uh, what's working. Obviously, the data also help us to improve the areas of improvement. So we reflect on the data so that as we plan for the following school year, we could then make improvements based on the data, right? Because what we really want is to have a, a successful program that provides the families with the academic tools that they need. You know, we take for granted how demographically we are changing. We have over 223 different languages, and we support the top six languages. And the way we do that is by providing the workshop. So when we look at the data, we look at the data from, a, from the perspective of what languages are being requested. And I could tell you that we get uh, the most requested language is Spanish. But no surprise there, when you look at the demographic data, you know that there's over, what, 16 point something percent of the students are, are Hispanic. So that kind of dictates the, uh, the need to provide more trainers to be able to support the, the request of, the, of all the different schools because they want Spanish-speaking trainers. But also, as we disaggregate the data, we look at which grade levels are requesting it the most. And right now it's elementary, which is great because we want to equip those new parents with the tools so that then it's like a domino effect. It's going to, it's going to go and carry on to middle and high school, and that's what we want. We want families to be engaged. We want schools to engage the families but also we want to give them the tools. However, we noticed that more, like this past year, we noticed that more middle schools were requesting family academies. So that's, for us, we have to look at that data and think, okay, what can we do to increase the number of high schools 
as as far as requesting more parent academies. So looking at that data, it tells me that we need to have a conversation, maybe have a little focus group of principals to kind of pick their brains about what are the needs that they see as far as academic tools for the parents, and then implement those into short-term goals And then, and again, you have to review your data constantly too to make adjustments to those short-term goals or intermediate goals. And then think about what can we do to continue supporting the needs of the program. Also, one, one key element about collecting this data and how I use the data is because the data is also going to, uh, it's going to indicate needs, budget needs, I should say. If we are able to tell the story with the data by saying there is a need to support parents with these workshops, and if we, and again, the data is going to tell the story of how many parents we are reaching. And this past year, we reached over 14,000 parents uh, with these workshops. So again, when you think about what we are doing, we are supporting the parents' needs. Parents want, they want to support their kids. But many times when we look at parents, and especially the parents that we are trying to reach, which are the diverse parents, the parents that might not feel comfortable navigating the educational system. So when we think about supporting these parents, you know, it goes hand in hand with what the research says. There's over 50 years of research that says that the number one indicator for a student's academic achievement is the engagement of parents, regardless of their background or race. So we need to empower these parents because that's the ultimate goal to provide them with with the tools that they need. So for us, when we disaggregate the data and look at at all the different components of the data collection, it really helps us to look at it from the equity lens too of what else is needed to give these families the resources that they need. So Maria Rosa, thank you very much for talking about logic model and how it helped you plan out your long-term goals and intermediate goals, it helps you think through those goals. Can you maybe just summarize for our listeners who are new to, the, to this concept of the logic model, how data that you collected just briefly helped you decide how your program is doing in terms of reaching its intermediate and long-term goals? I think that the logic model is a visual that kind of put things in perspective for my program from a data point. So what it does, it makes me focus on on the on the goals, right? Uh, on the intermediate goals. Are we meeting those? Because obviously that's going to have a, a, an effect on whether we reach or not the long-term goals. So having that visual really helps. And then also as we collect the data, it, again, you look at the data and then you look at your uh, logic model and then you start thinking and, and asking questions such as, are we collecting the right data? And if so, what is the data telling us to support our immediate goals? And then two, it also tell us if we need to, for example, we, we look at the attendance. Attendance is critical because if we don't have attendance, then we can't really have a program. So by us looking at 
that key indicator of attendance. And whether we're doing a good job or not, it will then determine on the strategies that we have set to support that in, uh, intermediate goal and also the long term goal. With the, with the, I'm sorry, with the logic model, it kind of help us to focus and say, okay, some of the strategies that we align with the goals, we're not meeting or we need to tweak or we need to Again, look at them and see how can we make it work and what, what what's needed. The data also help us to look at areas of improvement. And with the logic model and the data being two, two vivid components, I think about organic data, right, because it's constantly changing. And as we look at the data and, and, and look at the, what we have, it, uh, it helps us to adjust the, the, the logic model and the data to keep it organically going with the ultimate goal in mind. Thank you. I, you know, I want to pause and just remind our um, listeners or tell those who may have skipped a- an episode that in episode two, we discussed using a logic model as an organizing tool to share these connections that, that Maria Rosa is talking about between program needs, strategies, the goals. And within that episode, we shared how goals are divided into these short, intermediate, long-term goals. And that helps, you know, determine your program success and whether you're moving in the right direction. So for our listeners who may not have um, heard that episode, they can jump back and listen to that one as well. And we thank you for furthering that conversation and telling us how you've used it successfully. Thank you. I also wanted to ask you, Maria Rosa, how do you decide on the types of data to collect? I'm glad you asked that question because it took many years to kind of massage and um, think about what what data was needed. And uh, it was not until I was able to meet with your department that kind of helped me to put, I already had all these pieces together. And I. And it's, it's funny because I was already collecting this data, not knowing that I already had the data. And that it was just a matter of organizing it. And I think the logic model kind of helped to put all those pieces in perspective. And so yeah, I mean, I started looking at what, okay, what is the objective of the program? And from there, it kind of helped to come up with the um, short-term goals and then intermediate goals and then the long-term goals. And then to, as I, as I mentioned earlier, we provide parent workshops. So we need to collect data of how many workshops are being requested, what topics, how many people attend them, who's requesting them, elementary, middle or high school, and then to what topics are the most requested, and then to in the languages. And then overall, the um, this data then helped us to, to have a, well, actually, it helped us to put together the logic model, which is easier for us to follow because it's a visual. Very nice. Um, and my last question would be, what advice would you give to someone who's learning how to use data to measure their program goals? Numbers, measurements. When I say measurements, I'm talking about of short, intermediate, and long terms. But you know, we gotta think about data as data will empower you to make informed decisions about your program. And also it, it helps you to never lose sight of the fact that data equals knowledge. And I think the logic model kind of helps to put that in perspective. And the more data that you have at your disposal, the better position that you will be in making good decisions and take advantage of new opportunities. 
I feel that data would also give you the justification and evidence that we need to back up those decisions that we make. And also it will make us feel confident in explaining the reasoning going forward. Why are we doing this? Obviously without solid data, we are much likely to make mistakes and then reach incorrect uh, conclusions. As you can see from my data collection, it tells the story. It tells you a story of the need of parents that want to support their kid at home with the academic. And many times they don't know how to because they don't understand the educational system. So they need assistance. It's not that they don't care about their kids. It's just that they need the resources. So when we go out there and provide them with the resources, and then we see the feedbacks that they give us, many times they're so thankful that we've just taken the time to sit with them and, and walk them through, this is how you support literacy, this is how you support math, this is what happens when your child transitions from kindergarten, I'm sorry, from pre-K to kindergarten, or from middle school to high school, and then from high school to college. We give them the tools that they need, and, and also we provide time for Q&A, and many times, it's guiding them to the right resources, giving them the academic resources that they need. But I think that also what we do, which is critical, is that we help the school to reach those parents and bring them into the school. And we help them to create community. And we help the school to make connections with those parents. And then we, we tell the school, here are the parents. We are, you know, uh, facilitating this workshop. But we also, what we encourage the school to do is to continue sustaining the relationship and to call on us when they need us. Please don't be afraid. Think of data as your friend. Thank you. I think that's a fabulous tagline, right? Think of data as your friend. And I, and I also love how you say, tell a story. Like you're, ta you're telling a story with your data about what resources parents need and how to build that relationship between parents and schools. And I think that, that you know, you've you get use use data throughout this conversation to back that up by telling us how many kids we're talking about, how many parents have been involved. I mean, in the the data is the powerful part of that story, right? It makes your story a much more compelling one. So I think that that's really cool that you're able to use your data in such a strategic manner to be able to show that your um, program is supporting the parents of Wake County to support their kids because that's what we're all here for. So thank you so much for sharing how your data is used to measure those goals. And um, I do wanna remind our listeners that we have links to all the resources that we've been talking about in our show notes and that we have upcoming episode in which we'll invite another Wake County guest to discuss data visualization. Thank you all. And thank you again, Dr. Rangel for joining us. And thank you to my co-host.